Still, we fucked up. Fucked up bad. Tell me something encouraging. I just smoked a buck. I smoked a fork. Oh my god, my first year. Alrighty, guys. Hey, listen, this is uh, a very special episode. Uh, there's a lot of heat around this particular uh, subject that we're talking about. But real quick, before we dive into that, we got to um, go through a few of our, our supporters and uh, partners in this podcast that allow us to keep going. First off is uh, Bruce down at the Bow and Arrow Shop. Give him a big shout out. You guys need any work done on your bows down in Lakeside. Bring him on in. He'll tune them up for you. Get you shooting right. Pick up any of the archery equipment you need. Like I said, big shout out to Bruce at the Bow and Arrow Shop. Uh, let me catch my breath. That was a long wind. <laughs> Next one is uh, Archery Geek Custom Strings. You guys need a new set of strings on your bows. Hit them up. Evan, find them on Instagram. Find them on, uh, I think, yeah, that's how we get them on Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. Yeah, it's at Archery Geeks Custom Strings. Uh, use promo code R2R. He'll set you up, hook you up, tell him we sent you. And then uh, Tricer USA, big shout out to Drew. You guys looking for the lightest, quickest glassing system on the market? Check out a GTP2, GTP3. All righty, guys, here we go. Uh, let me catch my breath again. God, man, that's long-winded. Long-winded. Yeah. Normally we split that up between me and Brian. <laughs> but uh, real quick, uh, we're super stoked to have this gentleman back on. He's been on before. It's surrounding SB 252. It's Bill Gaines. Bill, how you doing? I'm doing great tonight. How are you doing? We're doing good. We actually got Travis on the other line from SD Muleys. We got Ryan, our tech guy, and we got Brian. Brian actually took over for uh, John. John had other engagements, had to step away from the podcast. Brian's a good buddy, so he wanted to continue with me. So he's What's up, guys? What's up? <laughs> Everyone's on this thing. Bill... Tell us a little bit, a little bit about this, man. This is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big podcast for us. It's going to get to a lot of people. And like I said in, in the intro, it's regarding SB 252, uh, the ban on bear hunting. So let us hear it, buddy. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, you guys have got great timing. I just got off the phone with, with Senator Weiner's office literally about 10 minutes ago, and they informed me that he has decided to not have the bill heard at all. He's going to pull the bill from consideration. See, that is amazing news wow. to our here or to our ears because uh, I personally called up his office and I and I told him a real senator would come onto a podcast and and explain his reasoning for implementing such a bill, and we heard nothing back. So I'm glad he chose to pull the bill. <laughs> well, you know, the bill was introduced long before the February 19th bill introduction deadline, which is still not for you know almost three weeks. You know, the good news on that was that it gave us plenty of time to react because the bill could not be heard in its first committee until March at the earliest. So our number one goal was to do exactly what you did, was to put pressure on the senator to reconsider bringing this bill forward, you know, in light of, you know, the fact that, A, he's got a different district in San Francisco that has nothing to do with bears, and the other 29 or 39, I should say, Senate districts throughout the state all have bear issues. So, in other words, this legislation would impact him or would not impact him and would impact every other senator in the state. And secondly, San Francisco's riveted with problems like most of our state and country are with COVID, you know, but they're also dealing with homelessness and a variety of other problems that, that the senator from San Francisco should be focusing on. So we pressured him hard. I'm glad that you contacted him as well to rethink this thing. We let him know that it would be a long, hard, tough battle. We engaged all of the various interest groups, Cal Deer, Rocky Mountain Elk, Turkey Federation, you know, the Bowman Hunters, you name it, got them all engaged, had them reaching out to their members to pound on, on Wiener and to contact their individual representatives up at uh, Sacramento as well to have them ask the senator to pull that bill from consideration as well. And frankly, our, our collective efforts, they worked, and he pulled the bill. So congratulations to us all. That was great. Team. He got hammered. Yeah, he did. He, uh, I know on our end, we, we pushed it for the last three days. We've been pushing it extremely hard. Um, mm -hmm. Individually, I've called. I don't even. I've I've yeah. called. I called today too. We, yeah, man. We've been blowing up you, a petition. That's for. Did you guys just hear my walls crash down as I was bouncing around, like crashing through wall? Like when he said that uh, that they pulled the bill. Like I, I just can't believe. Um, I, I just want to state this real quick. I'm sorry for jumping in, but um, do you know how many people I talked to who said we don't have a chance? 
There's no way that we can stop them. This is the most liberal state. And to hear that this just happened, dude, I mean, I mean, just, oh, my chest is just like, I'm exhaling like for the first time in five days. I know. It's, uh, <sighs> yeah. it's insane, Bill. It, it's, it was when I first heard that this was going around and what uphill battle I assumed we would be facing. I, I literally were telling people that, hey, look, it's it's not worth giving up. We have to fight this, but it's just another nail in the coffin, you know, and I was right. I was spreading the importance of how important it is for us to reach out at this very moment, because right now we know about it. You're right. And, and, and it was just trying to do our part. It was insane, Bill. Well, it just goes to show, I mean, we only have, you know, about 250,000 people that buy a hunting license in this state, you know, and that's nothing compared to the 40 million that live in the state. But if we all work together and we're all on the same page and we've all got the right message and we're all active in trying to help define policy of our state, we can be successful. And this is a classic case of getting it done. So hopefully, you know, everybody listening to this podcast will realize, you know what, that phone call that I may make, that email that I might send, that, that letter that I might write and mail, it might just make a difference. Well, it was funny, Bill, because, uh, you know, when I first called, I got straight to the assistant or, or the intern or the gal, whoever it was that was answering the phone, right? And there was no questions. They just took my comments, right? They took it and we'll, we'll pass this along. We'll pass this along. Then I started hearing people saying uh, they wanted a zip code. And then we could only con- we could only contribute that to too many people were calling. You know, they're like, oh, well, well yeah, he wants to know if you're a constituent <laughs> or not. Is what he wants to know. Well, but yeah. see, that, that's not right though, because the reality is, is my representative didn't introduce this, right? Like he, right. he it, right. that's what I'm saying. So why not bombard the individual that did? They need to know, not my representative. Yeah, you know, right? here, here's the deal. I mean, you know, the number one goal of any politician in this state is to be reelected, right? You know, it's not what Bill can I pass this year and so forth. It's make sure the next time the election rolls around that I get reelected. So they want to take care of their constituency first. That's just the way they think, right? That's crazy. Right. Yeah. Well, that's uh, it's an extremely uh, happy time for us right now to hear that. I, I, well, but I, I have a question. Here, here, here's the deal. I mean, we won the battle. There's no question about that. And this is a huge victory. Huge victory for us, but we haven't won the war, right? I mean, this bill will come back. Some other legislator at some point in time is going to pick this bill up. They're going to run with it. So, I mean, let's let's take a moment, take a breath, let's you know, hoist a beer and, and celebrate. Use this as as a you know a cry to make sure that that people get more engaged in the future. Let them know, hey, it works, and and here's an example and so forth. And then, and then we got to hunker down and, and wait for the next one. Yeah, absolutely. Travis, you said you said you had a question, Travis? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, as you guys know, I had a, a slew of questions that I was going to ask, um, not knowing that we were going to start this podcast off uh, with Bill telling us that we just, <laughs> we just killed the bill. So, with that, uh, one of my questions that I was going to ask was, how do we beat this? And, and, now my question is, is why did we beat this? Is it because of, uh, I mean, I know you said it was like the group effort, but is it because we hounded Scott Wiener's office? Or is it because of something that happened above where, like like you said, like where, where you guys were pointing out on, on the state level that there's so many issues in San Francisco that that guy doesn't deserve to have his nose out in out in the national forest like he needs to be busy in in his own in his own town fixing shit right you know there was no silver bullet i mean it it was a combination of a variety of things i mean you know we reached out literally within minutes of knowing the bill was going to be introduced which we actually knew before it was introduced found out on monday a week ago today and it came out at print like nine o'clock that night you know but immediately reached out to the department of fish and wildlife and said you guys have got to get engaged in this now little background on them. They can't take a position on legislation unless the governor approves that position because they work for the governor, right? You know, but they can try to do things behind the scenes. There's a lot of things they could do. You know, I, I knew that if Bonham was willing to, to talk to the senator and, and, and say, look, this is a bad idea, here's why, or any of those things, that they're willing to do any of those things, it would make a big difference. We also reached out to the Fish and Game Commission. We said, look, and, and saying the same thing we said to the Department of Fish and Wildlife, said, you know, you, the Department of Fish and Wildlife and the Fish and Game Commission, you have both created by the state legislature 
to manage our natural resources in public trust based on science. And this is a classic example of arguably the one species in this state that needs management more than any other species, you know, and you're going to let the legislature rip this away from you and make this decision based on emotions. You guys have got to step up or your the existence of the department and the commission, you know, in and of themselves is, is at risk because why have, you know, bodies that are based on science if, if the legislature doesn't want to use that science to define policy, right? So, and, uh, you know, who knows what the commission or the department did behind the scenes, but I imagine they did some things. You know, we, and we just reached out to everybody. We had the unions involved. We were talking to the tribes. I mean, all the NGOs, getting them out there saying, you've got to get your grassroots fired up on this. And I'll be honest with you, I've been doing this stuff for three decades. And I don't think I ever saw the hunting community react as quickly and as thoroughly on any bill in the past as we did on this one. This bill's been been only on the street for less than a week, right? Pretty impressive output, really so, was. So, Bill, are, are you saying the, <laughs> um, the Department of Fish and Wildlife was allowed to oppose this bill? Because I think on the, the last podcast you mentioned that they weren't allowed to actually oppose that no, bill. No, they, they, it, it never even got to that point. I mean, you know, we were saying, look, you've got to go to the governor and request an opposed position on this. I, I doubt that ever happened. Right, because they didn't even have time. Everything happened so quickly. But I do think that they might have, might have, don't know for sure, but pushed some buttons behind the scenes that helped. I'm hoping the commission did the same thing. We certainly asked them to. You know, so it, in short, like I said, that wasn't one silver bullet. There's just a, a variety of collective efforts that I think all, all led to the senator realizing that this was just going to be way too much work you know, for him and staff to take on this year. Right. Well, on this, I have got the perfect question. Um, um, and I, I, I can't take credit for this one. Like, I, I got to give credit to the people who ask these questions. And, and this is kind of a two-part question. Right. One from, from Adrian up at uh, West Coast Archery and also uh, Brett at uh, Willow Creek Archery. Like, it, um it's kind of a it, it, their question. I kind of put it together is is um um as as sportsmen like like we're always on we're always on the defensive with our backs on our up against the wall and we're like you know we we were all going into this just none of us I guarantee you nobody thought that we were going to beat this and and then um like you said like seeing the overwhelming amount of of uh, support and how the hunting community just totally came together. It was kind of blown away. So we're, we thought maybe there was a chance. How do we go on the offensive and, and like keep this, keep, keep us from going through this again. And, and like, um, is there a way like, like go, that's the question, but is there like, is there a way to pass a law that states that, only like DFW and wildlife management and converse, conservation can be responsible for making laws that deal with wildlife management and con- conservation because this guy in San Francisco just like put us all up on edge for, for a week and and he knows nothing about what he's doing. All he's doing is taking hints from the Humane Society. Like, right. Right. Well, I, I, how, do, how do we stop this from happening again? You, you, you asked a whole bunch of questions. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'll, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. I'll try to take them one at a time. <laughs> First of all, your point being how do we pass legislation or should we pass legislation that would would uh, require that only the Department of Fish and Wildlife and the Fish and Game Commission can define natural resource policy? I mean, basically, is, is I think what you said, right? Yeah, that, that's, yeah. that's a great question, and we've actually tried well, we actually have sponsored legislation twice in the last, I want to say, 10 years that proposed to do just that. In one bill, we got to Schwarzenegger's desk uh, 15 years ago or so. He vetoed it. And the other bill we had got all the way through the assembly, all the way through the Senate, to the Senate floor, and it got killed. So we've, we've tried that twice, and, and both times we came dangerously close to being successful. problem is is that the makeup of the legislature has not changed in our favor since then, right? So it would be really tough to, uh, to pass legislation like that now. But that being said, I'm always willing to give it another shot. 
right? You've got to yeah. find the right author and everything else to do that. But I mean, ideally, that would be the best fix out there. The other fix that I've heard about many, many times is, well, let's put it in the Constitution that hunting is a right. And, and some states actually have that in their yeah. Constitution. <laughs> Believe it or not, California has the right to fish in the Constitution, but not the right to hunt. You know, and of course, putting something in the state constitution requires a vote of the people and a variety of things that, that would almost be impossible to do. It would be a massive task to get that done. But, but that's another option. You know, so there's a couple of things that we can do. The, to answer your other question on how do we keep this from happening again, well, there's no single answer to that. But one thing that, that I've said, you know, long and often is, is, you know, we need to go out and educate people that don't hunt. You know, people that, 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 you know, know nothing of hunting other than what they read in the papers or, or see on the news, which is almost always about poachers, right? You know, educate them about the positive role that hunters play in conservation. Right. One of our arguments on, on killing this bear bill was the revenue streams that come from the sale of over 30,000 bear tags each year in California. That's 1.5 million. That's second only to the sale of deer tags in the big game management account, right? which is the critical source of funds that the department uses to do habitat restoration and wildlife research and so forth that benefits both game and non-game species. It's generated by us, guys, right? But the general public doesn't know that. They just think we go out and kill. You know, I see, so it's, it's a little bit of shame on us for not, for not being more, you know, active when you're out and about, you know, either talking with friends or, or talking with, you know, ever to let them know just the positive role that hunters play, you know, in, in wildlife conservation in the state, you know, eliminate the bad name, remove us from poachers because hunters aren't poachers. Nobody poachers more than we do. Right. right. You know, so I think, I think educating the general public as a whole, you know, of the role of hunters and, and what we do, I think would be a huge step towards, you know, putting a lot of the stuff to bed before it happens. Yeah, yeah, Bill. I just it's Brian. I just got off the phone uh, before this podcast with uh, Randy Morris of the mule deer foundation. Yeah, I know Randy. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he was telling me that uh, that one point eight million uh, dollars are accumulated through bear tags and and whatnot, and uh, without that bear hunting, would be the state would be losing about one point eight million dollars a year. Right, right. No, it, it, it's actually it was like one point, almost one point four last year. But uh, yeah, there's no question about. I mean, and and Randy probably also told you if you didn't already know that the tremendous impact that bears have on deer, oh, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I had a whole, uh, whole paragraph here of information he's gave me, but since we, uh, you know, we got, we got the bill pulled, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I haven't even, I, I talked to Randy several times in the last week about this legislation, you know, and I have, I'll, I'll give him a call after this, after I get off this podcast and then let him know the bill's been pulled. He'll be as happy as, uh, as the folks over at California deer association oh, yeah. are who are just absolutely stressing. I just called them right before this podcast, but, uh, yeah, no, it, it, uh, it, it's great news and certainly welcome, especially by the deer deer hunting community, but by all of us in the hunting community. Yeah, it's, uh, it's super exciting. I'm got this so proud. Back. I'm so proud of the, of the hunting community right now. Like just the way that um, this is the first time where, where I was like so stoked to see how social media played a, played a part in everybody like getting the information out and like, there were so many, so many articles that were being put out by just by like a random few that were just getting shared all over the place. Um, but it was so cool to see that how fired up the hunting community got for, for once, for the first time, like with Bobcat hunting, like there was a couple people that posted and there was only a very small handful of people that stayed, stayed on top of it. And, and I, I mean, just see that, the difference between the bobcat bill and the bear bill, like to, to, it's like over, it's almost overwhelming. It gives you chills to think that, that like where we can go from here, you know, like how we do have a chance to fight this stuff. It's right. awesome. I think, yeah, uh, I know, like we, like we talked about earlier, ho- hopefully this will be a rallying cry to get, you know, everybody more engaged in the future because we certainly proved that it works. Yeah. Bill. Does, it, does it make you feel like your job's going to get easier in the future, Bill? Uh, this is California, right? Yeah. Always something. I take them one at a time, boys. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. yeah, listen, Bill, it was, uh, it, we were actually, we recorded yesterday with actually Travis, and we just kind of gave a, a shout out essentially about the bill and, and a couple other things we had going on. 
and uh, we dropped that. But during that podcast, we actually talked, and a lot of our feedback from uh, our listeners comes from new hunters, Bill. And uh, uh-huh. it, I think that we have experienced hunters for sure that listen to the podcast because they reach out to us, we talk to them, we know them, you know, things like that. But the majority that was my dad calling in. I had to get that going. But uh, the majority of the listeners that we have that listen to this podcast are new hunters. And the new hunters, they're starving for information. So they they listen to these podcasts, not just this podcast. I'm sure they listen to every other one out there. But, you know, it's our job to fire up that grassroots, right? And those new hunters right. are the grassroots. They, they are the ones that are fired up about hunting and when they hear things they they jump on it and it's uh it's an avenue that us as a hunting community we need to really take serious we need to really really push for new hunter recruitment because you know no question about it that that's the whole recruitment retention and reactivation the whole r3 effort that's what that's right. what it's all about yeah you know is getting more hunters out in the field building our numbers you know you know, being more diverse, we're not, you know, used to be just a bunch of old white guys, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it, we need to be more than that. We need to be, you know, we need to be women. We need to be men, all races, colors, you name it. I right. mean, get them out there in the field. Get them out there and help them join our community and, and, you know, help them help us, you know, educate the rest of the general public about what a positive tool hunting is for conservation. Oh, it's a huge tool. It's, it is the tool for conservation. It is the know? tool. That's exactly because right. Because yeah. look, at, look at if we don't use hunting for conservation, look what just happened. They introduced right. a bill that would have done more detrimental damage to the habitat than is if we were to fill the quota every year for bears. Right. You right. know, like the opposite effect would have happened. It would have been bad. Ridiculous. Real bad. Right. That's yeah. what, you know, that's what happens when you make decisions based on emotions instead of science when it comes to our wildlife. Yeah. Well, you, you know, what would be a classy move, but let me, let me get this out before I, before, you know, we, we end up, you know, shutting this podcast down and then, you know, I'll go, darn it. I wish I would have mentioned this, but this would be a really classy move that I think would show Senator Weiner or any other legislator that may have been contacted, you know, just, you know, what, a, what a solid group the hunting community is. If you took the time to call them and ask them to pull that bill, take the time to call them and thank them for pulling that bill. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that would go a long ways towards endearing him to the hunting community. And, and you know, he'll never be a hunter. I can promise you that, you know, but at least he can have a positive uh, respect for us. Right. Right. Yeah. But so, you, know, so, you, you know what, though, Bill, we we can't say that he'll never be a hunter, man. If he went duck hunting with you, man, he might change his ways. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe you should offer yeah, I got to get a better duck blind. Don't get me going on duck season right now. It just closed yesterday, and it was a bad year for me. <laughs> well, you well, know, I think you're right. I think uh, I think for sure, you know, we should probably pay our, our uh, respect to that and, and reach back out. So if anyone's listening, make sure you guys reach out and, and thank them for that. Uh, it, it is concerning to me, though, to be honest with you, Bill, that individuals – in places of power have no problem implementing rules and regulation on individuals that have no business doing so. And and I know we kind of talked about it earlier about, you know, trying to, trying to pass laws that would regulate who is allowed to, to manage our wildlife. But I guess my question to you is, is like, where do we stand with that? I know it's failed a couple of times. If we continue to push it, would it, would it pass or is it, you know what I mean? Like, could we get it to pass or is it just who's the governor type thing? Well, who's the governor obviously plays, plays a big role in it. But, you know, I think if the, the, if the average Californian knew how critical it was to manage species, I don't care if you're talking game species, non-game species, don't care, plant species, animal species, you name it if they really had an awareness of how critical it was that that management is based on science and, and doing so is in the best interest of the health of that species, I think that would go a long way toward getting their support and as a result, the support of their legislators towards passing legislation like that. You know, I think we'd have to start with just, just some serious education, you know, about how, how important science-based wildlife and natural resource management is. Right. I mean, it, it seems to be the trend that everything is science-based, right? Except California's wildlife populations. Right. 
and, right. and that it, it kind of grinds a pick with me. I mean, that, that like, it just doesn't sit right with me that, I mean, when you introduce a bill, it's not law. So obviously it's up right. to us to fight these introductions, right? It's up to the right. sportsmen and women to do our part, get together, organize, and, and put our resources where they need to go to defeat these aspects of, of our community, right? But, but it's like we, we, it, we really need to get that bill passed. We really need to get science-based wildlife management passed. You know, like if that, I mean, call it that, call that the bill, you know, call it science-based wildlife management. I don't know what it would need to be called for it to pass, but it, 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 we need to, we need to manage our wildlife based on science and real numbers and what the biologists say. Right. I mean, I would imagine that right. if we brought in wildlife biologists from out of state and said, Hey, give us a true unbiased picture of where we stand. Here's X amount of money or X amount of money and X amount of years, give us a report. I bet it would come back pretty bleak. Right, right. You know, I, I mean, and that's just where we stand in California. I mean, I don't, I right. don't know what else to right. say about it. Well, you know, you know, but, but you know, one, one point that we've all made in this discussion is, you know, that, that bill, I mean, it just pains me to think back on the two times we came so darn close. It's like being stuffed at the, you know, one inch line, you know, on fourth and goal. But yeah. uh, at any rate, I mean, it's so critical to the future of all of our natural resources that that those decisions are made on science. We're going to have to dust that bill off and, and try to bring it forward again. Yeah, I, I think it would be good for uh, outdoors in general. You know, I mean, oh, yeah. even when it comes down to people that don't hunt, just just outdoor enthusiasts. Anybody people, that enjoys right. the outdoors enjoys our every California, whether they're stuffed in an apartment in downtown LA and never leave, yep. you know, or or somebody who is you know blessed enough to live up in Modoc County in the great outdoors, everybody benefits. From California's natural resources. Yeah. Everybody does. And, yep. and you got to put it into perspective, too. Like, we live in California. I don't know whether that's because your job's here, you're born here, you actually want to live here, the weather, whatever it is. California is a very, right. very beautiful place. There, there's many right. aspects. There's, you know, you get one end of the spectrum, you go from the screaming hot deserts to the, to the, to the coast, right? So you got right. all of it. If we managed right. our wildlife better, you would see game everywhere. Right. I mean, we could get our game species in California to be as beautiful as the state is and we could have it. As you know, and, and, you know, a, a happy elk or a happy deer or a happy mallard, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. if, 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 the, if the habitat is, is healthy and, and you know, and, and restored the way it should be for those species, those game species, non-game species benefit as well. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Our, our entire ecosystem benefits. So absolutely. You know, with that, and, and then there's the public, right? Well, right, so, exactly. Right. Well, listen. With that well, said, uh, so so one thing that one thing you were touching on earlier is about. I mean, I really appreciate that you said about how we should return our phone calls to Scott Wiener's office with a thank you phone call to say thank you for listening to us and thank you for pulling the bill. But at the same time, you also said talking to to the non hunters. And, and and that's our way to combat uh, this happening again. Um, and the one the, the one thing I can say is I've, I've actually had vegetarians at my house before and gotten them to eat elk meat. And uh -huh. after eating elk meat, I've not necessarily turned them into meat eaters, but I'm listening to the girl telling her husband that he needs to start hunting with me. Perfect. And, and I think that, like, when you can explain it to them as to how we're walking away from the... the the um uh, uh, the ways that everybody else eats meat by going through the, the the farms where they just like manufacture meat without any feelings and everything like this is this is the way to do it and and um and that, I I really think that that's that's we really have to focus on that because that's going to be our best line of defense against this next time it happens. 
and there's no question. It will happen. It will happen. Oh, no, it's going to happen again. There's no question about it. So we need to, to, you know, manage the playing field as best we can in our favor. You know, you bring up a really good point, and this is a discussion that I've had with a variety of people over many years, including Wayne Pacelli when he used to run the main side of the United States, who happened to be the sponsors of Senate Bill 252. You know, you look at the big push now for for open-range chickens and open-range this and open-range that and, and, you know, no no hormones and and all of this stuff. I mean, it's huge to all the people out there, a lot of meat, meat, you know, but they want to make sure that that it's open-range meat, free roam and all that stuff, you know, hormone-free the whole nine yards. That's exactly what hunting is, right? I mean, what's more free-range than a mule deer or an elk? You know, or a turkey or what have you, right? I mean, what's more hormone-free? You know, what's more lean? You can go on and on and on. So we can play to, you know, something that's becoming more and more important here to, you know, Californians, you know, is, hey, you know, if you really want to take hormone-free, you know, lean meat, you know, I mean, open range, pick up a gun and, and learn how to hunt, right? There you go. Yeah. Bill, can I ask? I got a question for you, Bill. And it's, yeah. it's, I think it's pretty important. Can you explain the Pittman-Robertson's law? Pittman-Robertson, yeah. What that does is it, it puts an excise tax on all sales of guns and ammunition and other hunting-related goods. So every time, say you go down and you buy a new, a new uh, deer rifle, right? There's an excise tax placed on the sale of that gun. You don't even realize it because it, it's kind of rolled into the rest of it, right? You know, but there's an excise tax placed on the sale of that gun, any ammunition you buy for that gun, you know, if you're buying, you know, you know, waiters to go, you know, hunt your ducks or whatever, that gets taxed and that money goes into the Pittman-Robertson Fund, which is a federal fund and that's allocated back out to the states based on, on hunting license sales and so forth. You know, and, and that little, you know, tidbit fact for you, that was the first environmental law ever passed in the United States by Congress. It was in 1937, and it was lobbied for and passed by hunters, because they were the ones that were out in the field and saw that habitats, even back then, this is almost 100 years ago, were really starting to be you know, degraded and so forth, and something had to be done. So what they did is they went and they lobbied to self-impose the tax on themselves to generate the funding so that those types of things could be addressed. And, and PR now is pumping into California. Last time I checked, like $25 million a year. That's just to California, right? That's, I mean, so Pittman-Robertson is, a, it's one of the arguments that we use a lot of times when we're dealing with hunting-related legislation at the Capitol, and we certainly would have used it on Senate Bill 252. I mean, it's an incredibly important revenue stream to the Department of Fish and Wildlife for a variety of things, including you know, shooting ranges and so forth. I mean, it, if you pull up Pittman Robertson, you look at all the things the legislation says it can be spent on. It's exactly the kind of stuff that, that we as hunters support and that the wildlife that we love to hunt, you know, depend upon as well. Right on. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. I, I, w- I was actually listening to a, a, a podcast last night that was uh, actually involving some of the, the people from um, West Coast Archery who yeah, the, those guys were like some of the first people to get involved in this fight, like, and, and to start getting stuff out on social media for us. And they were uh-huh. talking about how, um, that with the Pittman Robin Robertson act, um, you know, it's 11, it's 11%, I believe. Um, uh-huh. and, um, with, if they were to kill hunting and, you know, go with the bear bill, and if the bear bill would have passed, like that just would have been the beginning of devastation in California for, for the hunting community. And then, um, people would have stopped going with archery. And then, uh, you, you know, people, if you can't hunt, why would you shoot a bow? Like, um, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons why like people would stop buying this stuff, which would start reducing the amount of money going in through the Pittman Robertson act. And it would just kill our outdoor industry, like that the outdoors. Like we, there right. would be no more money being funded through that act, which is Tim and Robertson was such an important act for for us. Like, um, and to hear them explaining it that way was like, wow, like that that is that is very true. Like how important that uh, Tim and Robertson is for us. Yeah, no question about it. And then, like I said, we've used that uh, on battling hunting-related bills in the, in the past, you know, talking about the impact of those bills, should they pass, like the Bobcat Bill. We certainly used Pittman Robertson as one of our arguments with the Bobcat Bill as well. We lost that one, 
you know, but uh, at the same time, no, it's incredibly important to, to our wildlife here in the state. And if hunting goes away, Pittman Robertson goes away with it. Do you, Bill, do you well, think that if we would have hit that Bobcat bill with the amount of public outreach as we did with this Bears bill, do you think we could have possibly changed the tides of that? I think we possibly could have. We came within one vote. It was an assembly bill, right? So, but it made it through the assembly, and then we got to Senate Natural Resources and Water, and I was one of the two that provided testimony. You know, and that, that was back when you could actually show up and testify in person before the COVID stuff hit, right? Yeah, prior to COVID. And, and that room, I'll give you a perfect example. That room, that hearing room was so packed with animal rights folks that, that myself and the other gentleman that we were providing lead testimony on it wouldn't, couldn't even get in the room. We had to wait outside until, because the supporters go first, right? And until the proponents of the bill testified and then some of them stepped out to allow us to get in. But so a, they outnumbered us 30 to one right there. There was like five people in there representing the hunting community, you know, myself being one of them. And then there was probably 45 or 50 animal rights folks in there, right. right? So they definitely had us outnumbered in there for sure. And we still came within one vote of killing that bill in that committee. Right. So it just goes to show, I mean, you know, if we can line them up, if, if we can play the numbers game as well as the animal rights folks do, if we can take, you know, defeating anti-hunting legislation as seriously as they do passing it from a grassroots perspective, yeah, we can be effective. And Senate Bill 252 was a perfect example of that. I think we all need to be advocates of what we could do or what we can do if we all just stick together. I think um, right. it's it's hard it's hard for us all to be organized. I talked to Travis this morning or this afternoon about this prior to starting this podcast. So I was on my way home from work and we were talking on the phone and it's hard to be organized because all of us have our own little groups we talk with our own friends and it's it's thank god like i'm one that hates social media right i just don't do it but this is the few times or this is one of very few times that i will stand up and say social media is is good i think social media allowed us to organize in a way and allowed us to get the information out in a very fast quick way that uh put the information in the people's hands that got people involved Right. If it wasn't for social media, I honestly believe this was done. Like, I think it would have been a well, done I, deal. I, yeah. No, I, I'm like you. I, you know, I avoid social media at all costs. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, because it, 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 it just would be just a, just a time suck to me that I don't have time for. You know, but, but at the same time, I, I was well aware of the fact that social media was blowing up on this bill more than any other bill that we've ever dealt with in my tenure, which is long before social media came around. Right. You know, so there's no question that, that it can be a tool. At the same time, we got to be careful with social media because some of the stuff that's brought to my attention that's on there is stuff that, that you know, that puts a bad image to hunters, too, oh, yeah. that hunters put on there. Without right. You know, oh, my God. And that stuff shows up at the Capitol. I can't tell you how many times, you know, videos that oh, were taken of people doing this and that and everything else. So we've really got to be careful as hunters. I know you want to show off this, you want to show off that and so forth. But, but keep in mind that social media is out there in the public, and there's a lot of public out there that are going to use it as fuel against us, and they do. Right? So just be careful what you post. Absolutely. We, we, are, we are all ambassadors uh, for hunting 24-7. And, and, and like I know, the, I know exactly what you're talking about. I see the post where, like, there's, there's – um, I talked about it on the first podcast. I'm not going to say – I'm not, not going to talk about that one because it's not really appropriate. But there are a lot of pictures that come out of like guys with like a duck's head in their mouth or whatever, or they're like right. laying there next to a dead animal, almost as if they're cuddling, and it's like almost like 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 they're having fun and celebrating everything, but they've taken it too far and they're posting it out there and they think it's funny, but all they're doing is giving the anti-hunting society a weapon to use against us. It's terrible. It's, yep. I can't believe they do it. There's there are there are um, there are social media pages like copper-plated sixes making hunting great again and hunt domain that like just rifle against these people and and there's a lot of people who think that those three pages are 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 like they they think that they're just insecure old dudes that that are um have fun making fun of hunters and instead what it is is they are pointing out the facts of and to hear you say this that 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 comes up 
in the, in these hearings up at the Capitol is just, it just blows me away that these people don't understand that. Like we always have to be ambassadors on our social media, especially because who knows who can, who can see that it's open yeah. to the general public. Yeah, that's right. You, you post it and they will find it. I promise you oh, that. And, and I've seen it happen time and time and time again. Man. Well, listen, Bill, we got you on for 40 minutes. I know I told you we'd have you for 30. Uh, I just really want to do a quick round table. You know, uh, we, we got the, best news we could have gotten out of this podcast and that was 40 minutes ago when you said this bill was dead so <laughs> real quick i just want to do a round table and and thank you for your time uh brian you good i'm good ryan yeah yeah i got a question for you bill. pull that mic a little closer yeah there you go yeah so bill um we did a uh, podcast recently with rain wayne Rout, the former president of the california bowman association mm-hmm. and good uh, friend of mine absolutely yeah, yeah. Yeah, we asked him um, kind of like his general thoughts, like what is the future for hunting in Southern or in California in general? Uh, like, I don't know if you've heard, there is a like a recent thing regarding the reintroduction of the snoring pronghorn on the uh, uh-huh. Chuck Walla bench. It, it, what is your outlook generally? Is it bleak? I mean, are we looking at possibly, you know, having a, a good future for hunting here in California or? I guess that's my general question. Yeah, what's your thought? That, 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 that's a tough question. Um, you know, I, uh, again, it, you know, it, it's California, you know, but yeah. I, I think if all the things that we've talked about on this radio show or this, this podcast, I should say, you know, I, I think if, if all of us band together and we go out there, we, you know, we, we share a positive image for the hunting community, we help educate the general public, about the positive things that, that we do out there in the field and the revenues that we generate and so on and so forth. I think we do have a strong future for hunting. You know, I, I think if we continue to be the way we've been for the past 20, 30 years, where all we want to do is go out and hunt. We don't really want to, you know, talk to anybody else about it unless they're, you know, my hunting buddy or so forth and so on. You know, and then I think, you know, and the politics continues to change. You know, you know, not in our favor. You know, California becomes more urbanized, more urban legislators, so on and so forth. You know, if if we just kind of just want to keep hunting and don't want to become active, don't want to grab somebody who doesn't hunt, take them out in the field, introduce them to hunting, you know, educate people who who don't want to go out in the field but still care about wildlife. I mean, if if we're willing to step up and do those things, yeah, we got a strong future. If we're just going to sit back and and just kind of mind our own business and just want to go out and hunt, and, you know, and not reach out and, and try to do some of those positive things and step up and, and fight when bills like SB 252 come up and so forth, then we don't. You know, I made the comment to somebody shoot, more than once in the last six months, you know, that I never thought that, that hunting would be outlawed in California in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. i tell you what, you know, there's been a time or two in the last year or so that I thought, you know, it just might be. Yeah. It just might be. Well, I feel like you that's, know, kind and, of a, and, that's kind of what we got from, from Wayne at the end of that conversation yeah. a little bit, but um, you know, after talking to you and after hearing the news in this bear bill, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome news. There's a possibility of it. Yeah. When we spoke with Wayne, 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 uh, Wayne's a great dude. Yeah. And uh, that guy's done a lot for our community and, and, oh, yeah. you know, it, it's crazy because we kind of got like these unnamed heroes. I mean, they're named right. And they're out there. And, and if you really look hard, you can find them, but they're not, they're not celebrities. They're just average guys that go to work every day guys and gals that go to work every day and they grind their pick and they do what they can on their spare time to, to preserve what we have. Right. And, uh, Wayne is one of those guys and, and he will, without a doubt, be back on this podcast. Uh, he, he did, he painted a picture that was, you know, it wasn't, it was kind of scary. Yeah. It's, it's a bleak outlook, but like, like you and Ryan were talking, you know, we, with this bear bill we've organized and it, and it shed some light for me because I had a pretty bleak outlook as well. And then hearing you bill saying that, you know, there's no silver bullet, obviously, but you said that you haven't seen it this organized. Right. So that to me tells me that we have our, our individual voice has power. It has, it has a voice. And I know like that's kind of cliche is to say, Oh, a voice doesn't have a voice, but, you know, you always hear, even with the, like the election, my vote won't care. My vote won't count. It does count. 
Your voice does count. It does count. And this is it, a it prime does example. Count. It's a prime example. You know, and, right and like I've said many times, I've said many times, you know, hunters have a proud story. I can't tell you how many kids, you know, high school kids and stuff I've talked to that said, hey, you, you ever talk to your buddies at school about hunting? And they go, no. You know, because they're afraid to admit they hunt. I say, why are you afraid to admit that you hunt? We have got such a proud story and such a proud tradition. Right. I mean, we've talked about all the wonderful things on this on this podcast right here that we do on the ground for wildlife, whether they're game species or not. Why aren't you proud about that? Right. I mean, be proud about what we're doing, because the typical typical other individual in California is not doing any of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's not a single environmentalist that's coming out of his pocket to help restore any any, uh, you know, habitat out there. The general fund and the state budget's not doing it. It's hunters that are doing it. Right. Ask the Department of Fish and Wildlife. They'll tell you where their revenue comes from. It comes from us. Yeah, it's crazy. And that translates on down. Not to mention groups like California Bowman Hunters, California Deer Association, Rocky Mountain, you know, you know, California Waterfowl, you name it. I mean, the people that join those groups and, and make them, you know, financially strong and get them out there where they can do projects in partnership with the Department of Fish and Wildlife and the Fish and Wildlife Service and so forth, that's us. That's us, right? I mean, so we're the ones that are generating the machine that, that's putting habitat back on the ground. I mean, why do you think waterfowl populations are as good now as they've been, ever been in history? And they are right. because of every the good things that are going on the ground because of what duck hunters and DU and CWA are doing in tandem with the department, you know, and others. We're putting habitat back, yeah, right? And, and the wildlife is benefiting as a result. That's a proud story, guys. It you know, so don't be afraid yeah. to tell people that you hunt. I mean, tell them you hunt and you're proud of it, and here's what we're doing on the ground. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Travis, uh, you got anything, man? You want to? I am so not done. I'm so not done, but I will make this absolutely. Listen, if you got some questions, ask ask them out, man. No, 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 no. Um, For for one, what I want to say first is anybody else's phone just absolutely blowing up through the roof right now? Oh yeah, it's 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 out. It's out. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, um, what I want, my last little question for, for Bill, um, and uh, for anyone listening to this, they, probably, they, they wouldn't have heard this because before we started the podcast, I can't, I can't tell you how, how important Bill Gaines is to the hunting community all over California. But, um, but Bill, like, my, uh, one thing that I really was, uh, was hitting on this, with this is, the way that they tried to take, they wanted to take the bears away and they've already taken our bobcats away, but don't we have an absolute perfect example with the mountain lion of why hunting is important before they banned mountain lion hunting. We were not only were we hunting mountain lions and, and we were getting a revenue for it. Um, uh, but then all of a sudden we ban mountain lion hunting and, and now we're spending more money having the, uh, the department of fish and wildlife and then like, you know, it, it government shooters in some cases, but we're all of a sudden now, according to the numbers that I've seen, we're spending more money killing more mountain lions per year than were ever harvested by hunters when it was legal. Isn't that like an ultimate stance against this kind of bill that, I, I mean, that right there should make sense to anyone that less mountain, less, less animals that they think are so cute and cuddly are, are getting killed by having a hunting season. Yeah, no, in, in the case of mountain lions, you're right, Travis. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the number that would have been taken by hunters has turned out to be taken by depredation permits. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, then there's those out there that, 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 you know, will take them and not tell anybody, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, at the same time, yeah, in the case of mountain lions, there's no question about it. I mean, they're still being managed, you know, but they're now they're being managed by depredation permits and, and we're not getting the revenue and the other benefit from the hunting public that we would have got had, had they still been a game species. You know, but in the case of bears, I mean, the department will tell you the conservative estimates are that, that we got 40,000 of them, you know, in the state of California when we had only maybe 10 to 15,000 back in the eighties. I mean, so they've quadrupled 
sense in. You're never going to be able to take enough bears by depredation permit to make up the difference. Like we, we talked about that a little bit, you know, earlier in the show. I mean, the bear numbers would just run the deer out of the country, run the public safety concerns out of the I mean, it would just go off the charts. You know, but yeah, I mean, the mountain lion is a good example of the fact that you, you need to manage a species and hunting is the best tool to do so. And, and just, you know, emotionally banning the, the hunting of any species is, is just, is not a good idea. It's not in the best interest of the species or, or, you know, the entire ecosystem. Right. Yeah. I, uh, I don't mean to backtrack. I mean, well, yeah, I guess I haven't passed myself on the round table aspect, but I, I have a question in it is in regards to, um, man, I literally just tripped over my tongue. I can't remember it. Travis, me and you were talking, me and you were talking about it, dude. It was, uh, Gosh, dang you're it. talking about were, were, were you talking about how we felt how you feel so small like like is no uh, or, or like no 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 I meant, I meant that in a way where like we're like we we're talking about how we feel like we're we're not really making a difference and then but all of a sudden like I, I like realizing like how we are to, uh, every little force right now is combining to, to become such a significant force against against this this issue like Tra- Trav, i remember that that was a that was a conversation we had <laughs> trev we just got off the phone not too long ago and i remember telling you that i had a buddy of mine uh, multiple buddies not just one saying that what is one call going to do what is me calling going to do mm-hmm. right. absolutely yeah and, absolutely and th- there goes the shows the bills the bill got turned around yep that's what you can do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think the I think my question We had, ruined the show, guys. We ruined no, the podcast. No, no. It was good. <laughs> I, I, I think my question had something to do with uh the amount of bears. Yeah, I don't know, man. I honestly I, I whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> you know, these podcasts are hard. Podcasting ain't easy. I'll tell you what. Oh yeah, especially when we just all just like fully went through the roof when we found out that this bear, this bear bill was killed. Oh, like yeah. I, yeah. I seriously, I'm just sitting in here. I'm just like still just spun out. Just like I can't believe we yeah. did it. I know. Well, every question I had completely went out the window. You know, I had yeah. I didn't have <laughs> right? written down, but I had them memorized, and I was going to go for it. You know, yeah, and the second changed. I heard, yeah, it yeah. all changed. You was, know, was it the update on the? Being able to carry handgun while bow hunting? No, no, it, it had something to do with bears and how they were taken and. In in regards to that, I do believe it was. Does have to do with dogs? Well, well so let's change our line of questioning. So, <laughs> Mr. Bill Gaines, uh, what are you going to have for dinner tonight? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, nice we're steak. actually having chicken. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, well, listen, Bill, we we appreciate you coming on, man. We we every time I've ever asked you to to get information from you or come on the podcast, you've always been willing, man. We we appreciate it over here at R two R. I know our listeners appreciate it, man. You're, you're a great advocate for us, and, and, you know, to be completely honest, without guys like you, we would be in a hamster wheel. We wouldn't have direction, and uh, we all appreciate it, man. So so thank you for your time. We Like I said, we appreciate it. I'm sure our listeners appreciate it, and, uh, man, keep up the good fight. Yeah, well, gentlemen, it was absolutely my pleasure, and, and you know, you know, I'm always here. If, if you want to get me on, I'm always willing to do that, you know, but your timing was perfect tonight. Yeah, so, uh, it worked out. We'll, I appreciate that. We'll, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, we thanks, appreciate Bill. it, man. Thanks a lot, Bill, and uh, look forward to hearing from you again, bud. Absolutely. Thank you all, gentlemen. All right, buddies. All right, guys. Hey, uh, thanks for tuning into this. Uh, check it out. It's going to be posted tonight, uh, February 1st. Appreciate it.